podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode number 245, and I'm Trev Denny, podcasting to you from beautiful rural Ireland. And this week, I am joined, surprise, surprise, by the usual suspects, Carl, narrative pusher, Kapak, Cam, shuttlecock, branch, and producing, with newly exposed laziness, is Guy, just play some intro music on your phone, Drinkle. We may get to those stories later. We may not. Uh, it's been a weird week for me where I've been very, very deflected and distracted by other bits and bobs. Um, I have been keeping an eye on all things football and Reds related, obviously. But I've been doing a lot of deep dives for other projects into stuff. And the thing that distracted me out of my research this morning was the spectacle of a orangutan in a suit um, speaking uh, I believe on the White House lawn about how he was the chosen one, his own words, having previously um, quoted himself secondhand as being the king of Israel, uh, I think yesterday. And the absurdity of that just struck me so to the core um, that I was reminded of an almost reverse situation in a movie which I've played a clip from recently, where you have a fella saying that he's actually not the Messiah at all. And he doesn't want to be the Messiah. I thought that would be a good spot for us to kick off today with the antithesis of a certain Mr. Trump. And that's that. I won't uh, do any more. But yeah, like this. It's worth it for the pause, isn't it? It's the other little pause, you know, the, where they go to his window and uh, he, it's the whole, he's, he's not the Messiah, yeah. he's a naughty boy. And it's all, we, we are all individuals. And then there's a pause. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. So uh, we've got um, we've got in the background there uh, joining the conversation, uh, Mr. Carl Kopak. We'll hear very, very shortly from Cam Branch with his opening ideas. Uh, Carl, what have you got for us? Got two quotes. The second one is actually the one I make a point about, but um, I put a point of. But I'm going to use the first one because it's my favourite quote by this man, and you'll know who this is straight away. So there's no mystery here. A lot of teams beat us. Do a lap of honour and don't stop running. They live too long on one good result. I remember Jimmy Adamson crowing after Burnley had beaten us once and that his players were in a different league. At the end of the season, they were. Oh, I love that. That's, 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 that's my favourite quote. I absolutely love that. That's magic. That's magic. And the second one, and this is the most important one, is ranting and raving gets you nowhere in football. If you want to be heard, speak quietly. Pep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a week where there's a lot to talk about. We have so many stories that will keep us away from any kind of discussion about the team or analysis of the game uh, outside of one or two little bits and pieces that we might get into because there are so many stories. And that one that you've just mentioned, I can see it coming back around full circle that your reference there to Mr. Guardiola and the fact that when he was being, uh, you know, um, patent, painted, uh, pep, patently cool, and trying to be calm and collected. Um, in the post-match interview about VAR, he couldn't stop himself from mentioning the Liverpool keeper moving on his line during the Super Cup final. Uh, he couldn't stop himself from referring to Spurs 
in a way that I found utterly condescending as the second best team in Europe. There is a lad there who's mightily rattled, and we may come back to him later. But before we do, um, let's go to... Our By the way, that, that was Bob Paisley, if anyone didn't get that reference. Oh, sorry, I should have clarified yeah, I should have clarified that for folks, yeah. Uh, guy, guy begged me to do it in a Northeast accent. Absolutely begged me to do it. Mm. But no, but I'm professional, so I said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, you just uh, tested it out on us before the mics went live. Yeah. True story, yeah. people. True story. Yeah, absolutely uh, true. Actual, true story. Uh, and you've just heard Mr. Brench there. So, Cam, uh, what have you got for us? Um, question for you both. A uh, little quiz question. Is it a quiz question or is it more of, a, of an agony ant type thing? I prefer advice situations. I thought you were quiz champion, Dev Trev Downey. Oh, right. well, that goes without saying. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> You might not be after this one. When um, you said when you said it's a question, one question, just one question. Yeah, you both get to answer it, and let's see who who hits the nail on the head. Hang on, is it is it a first to the to answer type situation? You got to explain the rules of the game here, Cam. It's just a question. Let's not make a drama out of it, Trent. Is it is it pickles the dog? <laughs> close very very close is it, is it, is it Keith Peacock <laughs> well that's fucking ruined it now hasn't it <laughs> no uh, right, can, can, I ask you, can I ask you a quiz question Cam do you know do you know why Keith Peacock is a common quiz question answer no I haven't got a clue I've never heard of the guy yeah, the fella does because I can tell by his laugh uh, he knows everything. He's not stupid. Like he got as many O levels as me. As a oh, hang about, hang about. There's a, there's an eerie silence. There's an eerie silence. Am I flexing my quiz champion Trev Downing muscles a bit too early here? With you the might key? be, yeah. He's, he was the first substitute in league. Oh, football. okay, okay. Oh, okay. There you go. Anyway, sorry, Cam. Uh, I've right. I've won the quiz already. Now. Thank you. Uh, let's carry on with the show then. That's my question. <laughs> cool. All right, all right then. Um, who is the only ever LFC player to sign for Liverpool three times? Huh. Oh, I like this silence. Now, I know a lot of the twos. I know a lot of the twos myself. The last, the last one, by the way, is Fabio Aurelio. Because he was released and he had to resign for a year. That's right, and he never played. Yeah, it is a bit of a. And he was going to give us years. A, there, there is a bit of a trick in here. It was a uh, in the eighties. Three times in the eighties, so rushed on twice. It must be, it must be Rushy because there was uh, Rushy's the eighties one that sticks out that signed twice, so it must be Rushy. But the trick is the thing that we don't know. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. So is that because he played in that pre? He played um, uh, Hanson's testimonial for Liverpool. No. What happened was when he signed for Juve in '86, he actually then re-signed for Liverpool on loan for a season, and then went to Juve in '87. Oh, very good. Very good. I like that. I love that. That's good. Good. So yeah. presumably Ke- Keegan would have done the same then in '77. Obviously, only he didn't come back. But he didn't come back. Yeah, 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 he didn't come back. Yeah, yeah. So was that the thing? So basically, if you were going to go in a year's time, you were, and the deal was done, you had to resign on loan. Yeah, because of, technically you've signed for the. It's yeah. like Gruwich. When we signed Gruwich in January, he then went yeah. back to Red Star or wherever he was playing on loan for the rest yeah. of the rest of the season. Yeah, minute, yeah. You've done well there, Cam. That's good. That. I like that. That's good. I, I think, yeah, yeah. A little, little silent round of applause from 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 us still on that one, Fair. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be off then. Yeah, let's. We just. Uh, <laughs> we, I think our work is sadly well, complete. I, I, I sort of gave it away when I said eighties because it sort of there was only one player who signed twice in the eighties. You did give it. You did give it away. You did give it. I did. Yeah. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. We're, we're but neither of us are claiming that we got that. But, oh no no no! I'm just saying I made it slightly easier for you. Yeah, just give him time. Help you along. Yeah, thanks for thanks for the Bob Paisley toffee, which ultimately didn't do anything except yeah. make us think we've done well. Yeah. Uh, good what happened there? Someone slid down their microphone. Obviously, um, that's actually me wiping my brow in disgust. 
<laughs> oh, have you sweated the disdain? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, right. So there are several stories. I told you this before the mics went live that I want to talk about. I want to talk about this um, Forbes website story uh, relating to Nike. I want to talk about ticket prices out of that. Uh, we should talk about the expansion um, that has been uh uh, there's not a huge amount of specifics around it, but there are some bits and pieces of information. It's obviously a big deal. And we should talk about a couple of other things uh, in relation to quotes from Mr. Klopp himself. Um, the big story during the week was him when he was over in Germany receiving the Manager of the Year Award um, at the Build Awards. Remarkable, really, when you think about that. That he he made a couple of statements around his future, and I think it got a lot of people very nervous, including myself. So we'll talk about that as well. But let's start off with what is the big story, and most of the detail around it broke today, which is that expansion uh, of uh, the Anfield Road end. The club have announced it's going to scrap the existing plans in favour of submitting a new application, which is going to increase the uh, capacity to higher than 60,000. The official word uh, is that Liverpool are reaffirming um, their intention to redevelop the Anfield Road stand with, and I quote, ambitious new plans now under active consideration. Um so that's the frame. Um, there's some interesting things. It, it was a, an Echo article about it. There was an, in, some interesting things into like what that might do. Um, the club, it says like in doing so, and basically, you know, Liverpool's plans that would put the capacity of their stadium higher than the Emirates, higher than Celtic Park, um, possibly as high, depending on how north of 60 they go, as the new Spurs stadium, which is 62-2. Um, so basically what they're saying is the club have, have, have got an eye on, on, on bringing up the revenue from match day. Uh, to around the 100 million mark in the near future, which would put them right alongside the biggest earners in the Premier League, which ideally is where you'd like to think Liverpool should be. So initial thoughts on this um, from you both. Anyone want to go first on that? I'm dead against it. No, of course, no, who's going to be against it? I mean, it, it means more tickets. It means um, the Anfield Road is horrible. It just is. I mean, I was in there a lot last year. And only, and the, I'm thinking of the lower Annie because I quite, I really liked it, the upper Annie. Um, but the lower Annie, it's like if you go from right row 25 backwards, then you're basically just looking at someone's feet above you. And you can't see a thing. If you're on the back row of the Annie, I was, I was there for the United game last year, second in the back with, uh, with uh, Kiva from the Echo. And we were basically just sort of like on our horns, just trying to watch the game through over someone's shoulder. So the, the Annie Road is, is, is by far the worst stand in the ground. I mean, as, as the old um, the old heads will tell you, that when you get a ticket, in's in is always the rule. Just get in. Um, so if you've got to go in the Annie, you've got to go in the Annie. But um, that is always the last choice. If, oh, if you've, got a, if you've got a choice, that would be it. Is it actually that bad, Carl? It's the one area of the ground I've never been in. It's If, you, if you're in the back rows, it's just like, it's like Highbury used to be. It's like you look like looking through a letterbox because the roof slopes above you. And wow. comes down, so it takes off like so. You can basically just see like the equivalent of the crossbar down the other end. Oh Jesus! Right, okay. Yeah, so, it cut, so it cuts off a fair bit of the cop from your from your viewing station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not good. That's not good. So anything that would address that is obviously going to be an improvement, as you yeah. say. Uh, more uh, seats um, is directly equates to more tickets, which means more people get to see the Reds and obviously an increase in coffers. Do you have any any angle on a cam different to, to what Carl's saying? No, no. It's uh, it's definitely a stand that needs to be redeveloped. I mean, I know the club have um, they've purchased all the properties behind um, the stand and it's all, it's a, a lot of it is now car park. So the, this has been a work in progress for a long time. Obviously, with the announcement today now, that means they've got to start the whole procedure all over again. So that'd be a new consultation period with the the local council and the residents and everything that goes with it. A new application will have to be submitted. That will then take time. So this news has only put things back an extra year or two, possibly, in what they're going to do. So it's not like they're going to suddenly announce in two, three months' time that they got planning permission approved and they can start work next summer. 
I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, it will be now another two or three years possibly before we actually, you know, at least two seasons, I would have thought, before um, yeah, it's going to take a, while. A, a, a shovel goes in the ground, as the infamous quote is. Um, what what, 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 what do they days. do with the actual road itself, though? Well, I, Tandon will kill me for this. Uh, I've always said I, would, I, I wouldn't be against having the stadium made in such a way or the stand made in such a way. You have a tunnel running through there. I'd love could, that. I'd I really like that. Could, I think you could do it, but I'm not an architect. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say this is the way it should be done. But I think, you know, what's, you, the, what's the problem with that? What, why, why do you think Gags would be uh, popping the no, no, he just, no, no, he just he, because I've been spouting it for years that they should just build the stadium up and over. And he goes, it's never going to happen. Why would they do that? You know, it's just he thinks I'm being ridiculous with that thought, basically. Right. Well, I think, uh, you know, but like, it's a big course, road. It's a big road, and if you think about how wide the stand is now, yeah, that's the thing. You, you, it's, a, it's it's still a fairly big stand, so it is possible then to you can then get. If you think about it, you want to make that stand in such a way it blends in with the main grandstand. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the that's how view, it, isn't that, it? that's the ambitious plan. The other thing as well, then you've got to take into consideration is if the. Uh, Stadium capacity goes above a certain number. I can't remember what the number is. It's something above 60,000. They then have to look at building new train links to the area. That is a must because it would be part of the planning permission. They've got to build some sort of train station or something, you know, a metro type stop or something to help ease the congestion. Because obviously, if you make the, it's 54,000 at the moment. We all know. Um, how difficult it is getting in and out of the area on match day, especially after the game. So you imagine 62, 63,000 people suddenly leaving that stadium. That's extra burden on the infrastructure around there. They, they need to look at the transport links as well, and that will be part of the planning as well. So this isn't something small that they're considering now. It will be a huge, huge project. They also should be thinking about what it does to Anfield itself, as in the L4 postal district. Not just their little bit of it. In what way? Talk, talk, talk to me about what you mean by that specifically. In case well, it, it, well, infrastructure. I mean, for anyone who's not been to Anfield, it's not easy to get to um, unless you're driving. It's not easy to park unless you have a little spec like I do. Um, and uh, there's basically not a great deal around the ground to do other than the actual games. So obviously, there's chippies and there's a Chinese and you know. And there's, a, there's uh, two or three pubs in the area around there. But Anfield, I, I, we have our school reunion at Anfield because George Sefton um, organises it. And um, the amount of times I've been in on a Friday night at 10 o'clock and I've walked out and literally can't see a soul. There is nothing to do, obviously, because we've got the park uh, on one side of it, which separates us from the other lot. And um, it's just really, really quiet. So I think if you're going to build onto Anfield, um, you are going to have to think about the residents around that and the sort of what, what another 8,000 people are going to do on a Saturday. Because, like, it's all right talking about, like, places like, you know, Old Trap and stuff like that, but that's tucked away, really. That's like, you know, that's a self, like, a bowl on its own. And then, you know, it's the centrepiece where Anfield is literally, you can walk and, if, if you lived near Anfield, you could be in your front room by the time, that, you know, before the ground's empty. Yeah. It's that, like, like, like Highbury used to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Are, I've noticed um, if you're coming from the Walton Breck roadside uh, and you're coming from, uh, um, I don't know the, the area specific. So if you're standing with a cop behind you and you're coming from the right, from Walton yeah. Breck, that, that from area. The, from, next, the King, from the King Harry, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Uh, and the 12th man as well. That's yeah. that way as well, isn't it? So if you're coming from that side and then you come to that big open empty area, Next to the main grandstand now. Yeah, they're, they're on the boarding there. They've got like uh, it looks like they've got these plans sort of that they're thinking of, and there the may be the, the the prospect of looking at um, a hotel and maybe some more shops or whatever or uh, cafes or you know some something like that. So it could be that is in the thought process as well. What, exactly where you're going, Carl. Now there is something then else within the area because. It is a very 
you know, with that being two decades, it's, it's run down. It's run it's down. Run I'll, down. I'll, I'll and and the club and the club have got responsibility for that. They've had their, they played their part in running that area down. Yeah. And so they they now have a responsibility to help regenerate that area. And if that means by building a hotel complex there, which would be great for match goers who, you know, for the day trippers who are coming over, that'd be fantastic for them to be able to get into that hotel, then go straight across to the match. But then there needs to be something there for people to do. So there needs but, to be and, and cafes that, I mean, that, and that, that's the thing because no one no one goes to the game and then goes out for a pint afterwards in Anfield and stays there. Everyone goes to town. Because the, the, it the, doesn't have the infrastructure at the moment. Whereas, like, you know, other clubs, you can do that. I mean, I'm thinking of Arsenal. A lot, I love a night out down Holloway Road. It's really nice, you know, after, after an Arsenal away game or the Drake or anything like that. And you've got, you know, Angel Islington. In, in Anfield, you've got two chippies in a pub. You know, so they've got in the garage. So, you know, they've got to think about that, really. Yeah, it, there's a big difference between cramming yourself into the park or forever beforehand and getting in on a few songs uh there's a big difference uh, between the atmosphere then and the atmosphere immediately after a match even in a win it's just like yeah you're right it's ghost town empties out there's an aspect of this and it's a little bit more of a selfish thing um, in re- in relation to club finances that i've been thinking and if you if you look at say arsenal that you've just mentioned carl um after their stadium adventure they have unquestionably slipped behind um in terms of challenging for silverware that's just a simple fact and there was a lot of uh restrictions up until this summer perhaps on the amount that they could buy in and and that type of thing seems to have turned the corner this summer but i'm not sure exactly what their story is but anyway it's it's been a factor for quite a while but the kind of piecemeal fashion in which uh, we're doing it may well stand to us that we won't be hit by that impactful sort of financial burden um doing it in this way doing it piecemeal having you know um you know one after the other after the other as as cam says it's 54 now and match day um income went from 62 million to 72 million and these are just you know undeniably positive things in terms of the club um it's a good point, isn't it, Cam, that, you know, I'm not trying to give them wisdom after the event because we know there was talk about moving altogether. But it is working out quite well that the comparative piecemeal fashion of things means that hopefully the club won't have that Arsenal-style impact. No, you're, you're, you're right there, Trevor. I've never actually thought about it like that. I mean, the Arsenal were, were promised that once they moved to the Emirates Stadium that, um, and with whatever they were doing with Highbury, that uh, it would be just a couple of years and everything would be rosy and, you know, they would be flying again and they they have struggled. Whereas you look at Tottenham this summer, they, they've obviously moved into their new stadium towards the end of last season and they, they went and still went out and spent a lot of money and maybe Tottenham have looked at what Arsenal have done and said, well, this is where they've made their mistakes. This is where we can make sure we don't fall into the same same trap. Um, the club, obviously, when they built the main main grandstand, uh, FSG gave an interest-free loan or, or a, a loan at a very very low interest rate, and they take very small repayments back uh, towards that. And they're, they're not putting the, they're not putting big burdens on the club. And by not putting these burdens on the club, that they can operate in a very financially prudent way. I mean, Mo Chatra, when he does his money talks, is a uh, is brilliant. Uh, you know, running through this because obviously he's a he's a qualified chartered accountant, and it, you know, figures are, are his forte. And uh, there there must be uh, a money talks pod from previously that goes into this in more in depth. But we we've definitely got owners who are wise with their pennies. You know, and um, they're very, very cautious in how they do things. They're not; they've never rushed anything. They've they've always assessed everything, and they tried to find the right solution. And so far, it's worked. You know, we don't feel like we're a club who are, who are going to suddenly fall back into the dark days of Hicks and Gillette. We yeah, think- yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right, man. You're right. And you, you think about those two. You know 
fucking cowboys and the spade in the ground and the glorious plans that were just like science fiction. Uh, and you think about and it was, where we are. And that, that stadium design they came back was was awful. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at that stage, anything new and fancy, people were sort of ooing and aahing about yeah. without thinking about it too much. But you think about where we're at now, and you know, just again, just to to to, to kind of go sideways out of this and back to you, Carl, to kind of uh, spread this conversation about. Like, if you think about it, Manchester United, who you mentioned, they still have twenty one thousand more fans per game crammed into that stadium of theirs, and their match day revenue is around about one hundred and ten million. Um, per game. I mean, that's stunning amount of money to be making each and every game. And you know, no doubt, uh, our 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 um, figures would jump significantly with this new addition. But like I think it was Cam was saying, it's not going to be an immediate thing. But there is something to this sort of piecemeal, prudent approach, isn't there? I think um, that a lot of what's gone on in the last 20 years in terms of building stadiums and things like that is all based on Leeds United because Leeds United just went, as they they admitted themselves, we took a gamble. Semi-finals of the Champions League and then they absolutely just spunked a lot on nothing. And I think that's been the sort of blueprint now for pretty much every other club. As if to say, you know, no is the easiest answer sometimes. So, I mean, the big thing for me about the owners is um, I'm not a fan, but, you know, I'm not saying they should leave them, but I'm not a fan of anyone who makes money out of something I love. So, um, including me, because that's never going to happen. But um, the big thing for me is that they didn't leave Anfield. That would have been too much for me. Yeah. And I'd I'd, I'd have to have start having serious conversations with myself about what I'm doing by investing so much time and money into it for you. if yeah. we'd left Anfield. Just, I, I so get, someone, I, just so someone else can get rich. That 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 was my issue. Yeah, I, I get that completely. And I know it was uh it was a, a minority opinion. Absolutely a minority opinion. Yeah. Um, We've got to compete. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're not, you know. we're not rich, but we are rich. We've always been rich. We've just been spending appallingly, that's why. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, and possibly, you know, by 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 admission, um not as efficiently um run and marketed as as, as it should have been either. But the- uh, quickly, Trev, just Yeah, uh, sorry man, go ahead. You mentioned Man- Manchester United and obviously they've got a seventy six, seventy seven thousand seat stadium and I've never been to Old Crafford uh, I don't really particularly want to go there. But I, I believe and again, please tell me if I'm wrong here, they can still develop even further. They've still got the uh, the stand which side is uh, where the players sit. I believe that is not fully uh, as fully developed as the other uh, two thirds of the stadium. Three quarters. I'm, not, of the I'm stadium. not sure about that because every every time I go, but I, I, I like to be honest about these things. It's a hell of a ground. It really is. You're in the middle of something when you're in that ground, and I, I can't immediately think where that would be. But it, it might it might be like you know the five thousand seats maybe somewhere else. But I would imagine so. as well it's rem- it's it's fairly moot as a point because the crowd that own them currently are never going to do that anyway. But of course they're only ever a heartbeat away from being bought out by some uh, somebody oh, new. If if, oh, if those if another those, country another country would you know Saudi Arabia might just exactly exactly coming and buy them. You know, they're you know. they're always only just on the verge of that happening because of the size that they had built themselves up to, and because yeah. of the immediate revenue that they will guarantee for whoever. Um, so it is. It's it's just it's a different universe. Um, whether or not it's, it, you, I would imagine that expansion wouldn't happen on the watch of the current shower anyway. Well, they, 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 they even if they added another ten thousand, if they could. Another ten thousand. Well, again, how much more revenue would that generate for them? And they yeah. would sell another ten thousand tickets. Oh, they always will. They'll always sell. Always. Yeah, and, you know, and also, and this needs saying as well. United travel. United always travel. Their away support is really, really good. Yeah, and back to the point you made, fair dues. The atmosphere in that place is always brilliant, and it's yeah. it's always a place I walk into trepidation, but it's a good trepidation. It's that kind of. Oh, we've this is there's something really on here, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, and yeah. I, I do, I do appreciate that. I like that. I think that's what football should be, um, as opposed to some of the the, the dust bowls you go into where it's, uh, you know, uh, sign on chance after five minutes if you're lucky, and that's the best they can manage. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's, 
Stoke is the worst developed ground I've ever seen. Oh. Oh. Honestly, they might as well rip it down and start again. There's nothing new to it at all. It's a terrible ground. Oh. I went through a phase of trying to get to as many as possible. I used to, yeah, there aren't that many people who've been in top flight whose ground I haven't stepped into at some stage. And there were some of them are obviously a lot more impressive than others. The one place I haven't been to is the newly read or the comparatively newly redeveloped city setup. I haven't been in that for a while. Um, so I wouldn't mind walking into that and seeing what that's like. But anyway, I digress. And there is one more money related thing that we do need to talk about because it is our friends, um, Felipe Coutinho, also known as Nike, um, who have on, on the yeah on this podcast, on this the, podcast. Other, the other lad who used to play for um, Nike, we used to call him. Yeah, the 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 the, the lad. Um, yeah. But 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 Nike or Nike, depending on your preference of one syllable or two, are basically. I'm, I'm going one because it's just cheaper to get out the word out. Well, we are told that they are on the verge, and this is a quote from the Forbes website on the verge of signing a new kit deal um, with Liverpool, which would begin in 2021 and could be the richest in the Premier League. Now, of course, people have gone off on one here, gotten very excited with themselves about what this might mean. And of course, this is obviously means we're going to sign Kylian Mbappe now because, you know, reasons. Yeah, because reasons. Um, people are getting their uh, home kit design apps out and um Oh, just getting themselves into a frenzy of excitement about it. Um, I'm just going to stay completely, completely above and aloof from this until it's a thing. And then I'll make reference to it one way or the other. But I will say this. And I'll st- oh, what's, hap- what's happening here? That's not my house phone ringing. We have a landline here, people. People do occasionally ring the house phone. It that's, happens. That's it's a real thing. I thought, it, I thought it was Trev's butler ringing the bell for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> we have so, long since supped. Carstairs. <laughs> Carstairs. Carstairs is currently, um, he's currently... Um, uh, Cle- cleaning the milk jugs? No, he's, he's cleaning the, um, the, uh, the, the, the good silver because okay. we've, got, we've got people coming over tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I, I, anyway, is it, is it safe to continue, Cam? Uh, don't, yeah, I don't yeah, wanna... some, some, well, I'd never answer it, but somebody's answered it. I do love the way you sort of passive aggressively uh, said, "Yeah, we've got a phone. It's ringing. What? Like, like you know, like what, what do you want? Yeah." But anyway, I was uh, the point I wanted to make about this about this Forbes thing is this. Um, to me, it's just yet another positive news story in relation to what's going on with the club and the way that it's being run, if there is any truth to it. And um, I'm not accrediting Forbes with being the arbiters of truth or whatever, but it's just, it's an interesting, it's an interesting development. Uh, that's as far as I go at it. Um, are you excited, Cam? Yeah, as excited as anybody can be that the club is going to be more secure for the future going forward. Um, I mean, what sort of figures are they talking? Is it a billion pounds or a billion dollars or a billion euros? Or they, they, they're absolutely Zimbabwean dollars. They're, they're absolutely not talking any details at all. They do have right. on their breakdown on the page that I'm looking at here. They value the club at 2.2 billion, which breaks down as follows. Match day revenue, 373 million broadcasting. 1.025 billion. Yeah. Um. Uh, commercial five eighty million, and the brand which we've discussed at length, two hundred and five million, and that all adds up to a whopping two point two billion for anyone um who would be interested in taking the club off FSG's hands. You know, the, what I see that as is a side effect, another metric which says that we're on the right road. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it goes back to what I said um, regarding where we were nine years ago, wherever it was, or how long uh, FSG yeah, been nine, is it? Seven? Yeah, nine years. Is it nine, nine years, years now? Yeah. Nine yeah. years, and uh, we were we were on the verge of administration. We were three hundred million pound in debt, and we weren't worth what were we worth? Who knows? Um, but now they're saying our valuation is two billion. That is, you know. That's just a testament to what FSG are doing. 
it's a testament to the commercial team as well to be able to go to the likes of uh, Nike and say or Nike and push for a deal like this. It's also the reason that we are becoming this attractive proposition is because of the the, the last two trophies we won. That has winning the European Cup has had to have an impact upon this because it's made us even more popular worldwide. We are now in a position to say we will sell more shirts. And that's what it comes down to tonight. They want shirt sales. Purely and simply. They want the merchandise, you know, the uh, the tr- the training kits, everything else that goes with it, um, the scarves, the bubbly hats, everything that they will, ha- they will want to have that little Nike tick on there. Fucking love a bubbly hat. I absolutely love a bubbly hat. And you're right, you know, and that's a very good point that you make. But the reason for it is, again, full circle back to that thing I was talking about. It's just another metric of the club improving. And and, and that's because we're doing better under Jurgen Klopp, which means we have better players now, which means Nike are starting to get very excited, possibly at the con, at the con, uh, the possibility of uh, Big Virgil um, doing campaigns from of Mo Salah who probably won't because he's doing ads for Adidas at the moment. But you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, they're they're I mean, starting this, to get excited. It also, it also ties into the stadium expansion because suddenly yes. you've got an extra 10,000 people coming to Anfield. Some of them are going to spend money in that shop. They're going to buy goods. Absolutely right there, especially if they end up building that hotel you were talking about or some sort of accommodation in the region, which will be absolutely sitting ducks for that shop. Like yes. that, that's that's a captive market. You you, you yes. are not going to book into that hotel unless you have you're going to have to be comparatively well healed. It won't be cheap. I guarantee you that. And yeah. I mean, and, I, take, and, I take Harvey along. Harvey's going to say, Dad, I don't want to go in the shop. I want to see what they got in the shop. Of Dad, oh, Dad, to buy me this, please. But you don't like football, son. I know, but this is great. I but it's it. shiny. It's shiny. Yeah, <laughs> I want one. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Harvey wins, doesn't he? Of course, Harvey wins every time. Every time. I, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else to be to be to be um, uh, teased out of this, Carl. But I mean, I don't like Nike. You should are be a, should be a dinosaur, bro. Mm. I, I quite like Puma. Yeah, I don't so mind you, you, Yeah, you, you've I'm both mentioned the, the classic. Classic would be Deodoro Kappa. What? Kappa? Yeah, Kappa Jesus Christ. Have you ever That's tried to wear top. anything? Have you ever tried to wear a cap top cam? Of course, why not? It fits me. I I do like I, I how. I, <laughs> I will say one thing. I will say one thing. The Kappa tops. Now that you're mentioning it, um, they used to do Betis. Street Real Betis had Kappa tops yeah, for a while. City did as well, didn't they? And I'm sorry, but they were fucking lovely kits, and I really, really? wanted. And they're well, they because they were one of the first tight fitting. Football jerseys, and I thought they were cool. I really did. That kid. That's, um, that's why Kopak said, "Could I get into one?" Is he suggesting you're, you've gotten turned into? No, a, I'm a, not. Or? I'm saying the entire world is is, is too big to wear a cap shirt. <laughs> yeah. They do different sizes. It's not one size fits all. Jo- yeah. Jody Kid would struggle. That's a length issue. Steady. Um, what we need to do is we need to have a look at some um, Reds-related issues um, closer to the field. And I want to talk about some quotes from our manager during the week because this is going to fit into our whole conversation and we can't let it go. It's a massive topic. People have been talking a lot of nonsense about it. People have been talking a lot of sense about it. And it was that in a, that interview that I spoke about earlier on with Bill, um, Sports Bill or whatever it was, those, those awards, um, Asked about his current situation at Liverpool, Klopp said, I hope to continue like this, but within two, three years, I don't know what may happen. Maybe I'll retire. That doesn't mean it'll happen, but if it does, don't be surprised. No chance. Bloody no chance. You could say that that's coy uh, nonsense that you deliver to um, put up a smokescreen around your plans. Or you could say that Jürgen has no reason to be doing anything of the sort when he's in his native country and an awards do. And you could say that that might be very much in keeping with what he'd like to do. If he can win the league here, maybe get another trophy or two and then just um, go out on a high. A lot of people have 
leaned into that particular um, possible future paradigm. It's deeply uncomfortable for me to think about that because I don't want this guy ever leaving. But Carl, you seem to have a very definite point of view on it. You think that's sort of just shit talk for the cameras? I think it's naval contemplation. He's already tried it once, hasn't he? He came back again straight away. And Guardiola did the same thing. And then they, they, they can't leave. I mean, that's just... Um, I always think about Shankly when people talk about retiring. He says the worst thing he could have done. Um, because, you know, as Julio said, it's, it's, my ox- it's not just a game, it's my oxygen. And, uh, yeah, th- I think that's just... Well, you know, I might just do this. I think sometimes he just says things just to sort of bind people up. Uh, I, can't, I can't say that because it's just it's his DNA, isn't it? He, He's he's obsessed with football. I hope there's I, I hope there's an awful lot to what you're saying, but I mean, and it's interesting you mention it because one one of the guys that some of the one or two it was a minority of uh, less than sensible um, humans were suggesting you know a potential alternative should Jurgen walk away, and one of them was believe it or not, your uh, Jose Mourinho. Uh, I saw an interview That's with Mourinho. A, nonsense yeah of course it is but i saw an interview with Mourinho during the week where you know he's suddenly become quite humanized for certain people because now he's like doing the punditry and i don't know people have very short memory about what a sort of abhorrent human he is in many ways um but because he's doing all the smiley stuff and you know this comparative um self-deprecatory stuff and he said something about you know i thought this is what i wanted but i actually miss football you know basically i miss it you know i think i want to get back in was the general gist of what he's saying he's two weeks into punditry and uh, he's sort of already missing it and i think there's a lot to what carl's saying there cam about someone who has immerse themselves in the game you can absolutely see why a Guardiola would want to go and get lost in New York for a couple of months and then all of a sudden say I I need to get back Jurgen Klopp you can see very similarly you know he took his break after Dortmund we don't know the full story what was going on in the background there but um it was it it wasn't much of a sabbatical that he took so yeah he's now talking retirement though and as Carl says um it would seem massively premature wouldn't it Cam? I think so. Um, I, I think he'll see out the remainder of his contracts at Liverpool. Uh, I don't think there's any any question of that. Whether he extends or not, but that's the but, point. That's uh, the point. Whether, he's yeah, talking about retirement at the end yeah, of the contract. I don't. I don't think he'll retire. I think if he was to walk away from Liverpool, um, he may again look at taking a break. But I think he will be looking at the the German national national team job I think that's where he will ultimately end up I think he would it's just a, a natural progression for a top quality manager to sort of finish off if you're at the top to manage your national team and let's be honest who wouldn't want to manage a German national team you've got a chance of winning the World Cup with that and, and equally as well I think that's exactly what Mourinho's going to do uh, he'll end up at Portugal yeah yeah I mean, but what people forget is that uh, with Mourinho was prime. Mourinho was a was a, a wonderfully brilliant manager. Won new titles. He needed money. He needed to spend money. He was a checkbook manager, uh, very similar to uh, Mister Bitterboldy down the road. Um, but with your national team, you've got to get the best out of what's available. You can't go and get different players. So. I think that is a challenge in itself as well. And I think Jurgen Klopp would thrive. He would absolutely thrive at that because he's great at working with the tools that he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't find it limiting that the squad is the squad. He'll just work with it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I I have to say this all gives me absolutely no comfort or joy at all, talking about how how well Jurgen might do with Germany. I'll actually always uh you know have a that uh, fondness or affection for the fellow because he's obviously a great lad and he's done massive oh, things let me, for let me give you an example trevor where i was um after 13 14 there was they were talking about um giving brendan rogers a new contract mm. and i was like well why wouldn't you just look at the season we had he's a brilliant manager but i wasn't thinking properly and it was it wasn't been he wasn't a brilliant manager a lot of it was down to to Suarez that we had such a great season. But I've been blinded by what what he'd done that season, as in because of how the great football we played. And obviously, Brendan had a part in that. But then the next season, he went off a cliff completely. 
and we saw how dire and bad it became. And obviously, there was a lot of contributing factors in that. We don't know what's going to happen in two, three years' time. Let's just enjoy what we have with Jurgen Klopp now and appreciate what we have with Jurgen Klopp now rather than worry too much about what he may be or may not be in three years' time when his current contract expires. I think that's fair, but I would say as well, Carl, that the one of the main reasons that we're talking about all these sort of related good things about the club, one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, is that fella. That's why I don't want to c- yeah. contemplate him departing. I just don't want to think about it. Yeah, and I can't see it happening. He loves the game too much. He loves the club too much. And yeah, he's thinking like, you know, one day, like, you know, I can't be here forever. You know, he's one of 20 years at a club. I think he might. And yeah, and, and you know, it, it is down to him because, you know, we, we, we had Rodgers and that didn't go uh, according to plan. Nor did Hudson, to be honest. Um, very surprised at that. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's a, just a sort of, you know, one day. Because, I mean, we all do it, don't we? How many times have you retired in the past two weeks, Trev? Many I was, times. I, I was thinking about it today. Yeah. I thought yeah. about retiring today. Yeah, so if someone stuck, yeah, if someone stuck a mic, fifty years. Yeah, someone sticks a mic in your face at two o'clock. You never know what you're going to say. Two o'clock the next day might be different. I know what you mean, and it is out of context, and it, yeah. it's just. I, I, it just it just made me unnecessarily uh, nervous, and I don't want to have the discussion that I, I've seen raging online about possible replacements. Because the only thing I would say is that I would hope that by the time that that comes around, I said this to 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 Jan on, on the pod two nights ago. I would hope that if um, we are con- to continue in this successful vein. Um, and Klopp does decide to end his uh, relationship with the club at the end of his contract uh, and take his break or retire or in inverted commas or whatever before he goes and does the Germany national job. I would hope that we could maybe have gotten back to something Kebs. similar, something similar to what we used to have before, which is Kebs. Be- What's that? Kebs. Finally, Kerbs' moment. Big, big no, Al Kerbs. No, not, not Martin, big Martin, Al. Martin, o- Martin O'Neill? Not big Al Kerbs. I was going to say. I was going to say. Owen Coyle? Tony Pillars? Con- the concept of succession. The concept of um, yeah. the, the new boot room. The concept of one, at least one of those guys who's 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 there and, and would look as if Linders is the anointed one, being at least part of a management team that takes the club forward. Do you understand what I mean? But I think that's I would I think that's proper planning. I think that's proper succession. I think that's proper development. And it would be I mean, I'm sorry, I used this phrase during the week and I have no apologies about it at all. I'm a guy who like you two has been watched Liverpool t- through the best of times. But this is a golden era. Don't fool yourself that it's not. It's a golden fucking era under your yeah. We have elevated, the club has been elevated to new heights and showed that they have the knackers to stay there and the standard of football to push on even further. And this is a golden era and I don't want it to end. That's the point I'm making about succession, Carl. Well, I think that's when, when that, that lad says, you know, I, I wouldn't have a band to have a Mourinho in. Um, but let, let me ask you a question then. If he goes, tomorrow and you had the choice who would it be because that's the difficult thing. I mean I've got one candidate I'd quite like we well, see that's not that's not succession then I know I that, exactly I know but that, yeah, that's yeah. why I think it's like just going what if yeah um, well, you know, guys say Conte which I think is a decent answer I, I, I wouldn't mind Diego Simeone himself because he looks like he carries he carries a knife Simeone I, I like but I don't think he'd take the job and I think I don't know oh, if I think he would I don't know if we necessarily enjoy Things under Diego, but I love him, and I, I and I think Conte is fucking fantastic as well. The, there's a lot of talk do, about do this. Think, kid. Do you think he's got a kosh? Does Simeone carry a kosh? No, he's got one of those ex- extendable sticks. He, you you flick it out once and it goes about three yeah. times length. It's going so. Yeah, definitely in the in the lining of his tightly fitted suit. No doubt about it. He's, but, playing, he's, he's playing cards now with yeah. a man with, with a man with only one hand, and that's t- happening. And a toothpick. Definitely, I do. Yeah. I do love that fella. I and, and he's one of the few managers that I'd love to see. Um, if if the horrible situation of Jurgen going, um, he's not going anywhere. It's nonsense. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about um this kid Nagelsmann as well. And uh, let's see. Uh, I I'll, I'll hold my breath and see yeah. how he goes. 
years. But anyway, it's uh, it's it's it, 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 you you posited the now thing, and if if that was to be the case, you'd need someone who's a massive personality. You just would. Um. So, yeah, I think the two. Come on, Cam. Imagine- Come on, Cam. It's your hour. <laughs> My hour. I've, I've I've got no idea who who we should go for. To be honest, <laughs> no, you. Oh, <laughs> me. Yeah, I've got all the tactical nerves of a. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, let's not go there. No. So, so if you, if you would you would you have any uh, preferred candidate either in, either in the immediate or this concept of two years time? Uh, Allegri oh, would Allegri would be a good shout for me. Okay, what do you think about that concept I was talking about about um, perhaps Linders getting groomed over the next couple of years to do? Or do you want Stevie G back? You do, don't you? He wants Stevie G. Stevie G? Oh. <laughs> you do, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't want to see Stevie G. I seriously do not want to see Stevie G there. Pods. Yeah. It's he, all cards. He, He's he never gotten a chance. Or curbs. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> you know, it's manager, uh, Cam, is what we need. You know, some some British steel. That's what we need. <laughs> John Gregory, yeah, all, all, all the greats. John Gregory, maybe maybe we could we could coax Big Sam out of retirement. Just that oh, kind of guy. Oh, that'd be the dream, wouldn't it? Steve, Steve Bruce might be free soon. Stevie Bruce, <laughs> yeah, about three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or perhaps if we were lucky, the real dream is Ian Holloway. Ian Brexit Holloway. Yeah, it's all the EU's fault that there's handball laws. Oh man, that is just fantastic! I couldn't believe that clip so much so that I had to watch it a few times. I thought, surely that's not actually what he's saying, but it was what he was saying. Yeah, it was exactly what he was and saying. In his tiny pea brain, which I, I previously admired uh, him for being comparatively sharp of of wit in terms of being able to come up with a funny, but no, 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 no. There's not much going on in there because he had in his head conflated. The two ideas of taking back control of our game and big Nigel Farage taking back control of of uh, of the country. It's a remarkable situation. A remarkable situation to find yourself in. Watch. Do you want a name drop? Please do. He shouted at me at a press conference once. <laughs> what did he shout at you? What did he? Because <laughs> he, he came on. It, it was Charlton Millwall, and I was doing it for the Times, and he he came out and said. Um, it was a nil-nil, not a single shot. It was a terrible game. I can't remember a single thing about the game. Hey, when and did he get the chicken? Was that post-QPR? Uh, yeah, it was Millwall. Yeah, uh, post-QPR, post-QPR, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah. Post-QPR. 2014-15, it would have been. And he said, um, uh, he came on and he said, you know what's really annoying me, lads? Uh, you know, all, you know all, all the pack were there and everything. Um, took the wife to see Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. I said, you know what the theatre tickets were? It's a disgrace. And they all wrote about that. And I, I, I put my hands up, and I, 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 I tend, tended in my very, very brief journalist career not to ask questions. I just wait till all the big lads did it. Uh, although I did, I did ask questions of uh, Stuart Pearce once, and he glared me down, but then smiled. So I thought that was alright. And I said, um, yeah, you know, um, Charlton haven't beaten Millwall now for four years or something like that, but um, you've only won two games in thirteen, Ian. Is that a concern? Uh, which I thought was a fair question. And he said, he said, what, a, what a typical bloody question. What a question that is. He said, no, we've just fought a derby. You know, we only played last week. And he was ranting for ages. And everyone was looking around going, like sort of smirking to themselves. But they were all writing it down. And afterwards, what happens at those press conferences, you walk around and you talk to the tabloids. You say, what are you going to write about? I'm going to write about this. And they all said, I'm going to write about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And then I went into work the next day and Tony Evans said to me, he wants me to write about Charlie and Chocolate Factory. He said, you'd never work here again, lad, if you did that. Good, get get under his skin. So he bothered me once. Well, that said... I sort of know what he was trying to say because he's basically saying that like that, that football's not run by people who, who who know football, which I completely understand. I think that's a valid point of view. But um, I was looking at other things he'd said because you know he, he is good for business if you like that sort of thing. And my favourite quote because um, I was going to use it as my opening quote actually was him talking about Ronaldo in about two thousand and ten, something like that. And he said um, he said yeah, he's six foot, full of muscles. He's a, he's a you know, he's a good looking bloke. There's got to be one thing against him. There's got to be one thing. Maybe he's hung like a hamster. Maybe that's it. <laughs> and then he says, that said, the wife's got a hamster and his cock's massive. 
So, that's what I mean. That's what I think of when I think of Holloway. Is somebody yeah. comes out with that stuff. And even, yeah. you know, he was using that Charlie in the Chocolate Factory in a very cunning way. And all the saps bought it. I, I assume the reason you asked that question is you were a little bit irked at the fact that nobody was talking about football. It was, it was a derby and they all, they all played for nil-nil. That, yeah. That's what annoyed me about that. He came for the points, and you know, which is fair enough. And then he just threw out some line to because uh, because he, he's clever enough to do that, and they all lap it up. All, all the tab because I got to know a few. Now all the tabloid lads went, "Yeah, we're right about that." That's just that easy. And, and to be honest, they had to because there was nothing else to write about. Yeah, um, I, I remember sitting. I was because at Charlton, you, you basically you get get like a row of seats in the divide. It's not like a press box as such. And um, this lad turned next to me. I think he it might be in the sun, actually. I don't know. He turned to me and said, it's like an old lad. He was really helpful with me, actually. He said, uh, he said, he said sorry, mate, 83 minutes. Have we had a shot yet? I said, yeah, I had a shot like early on. I've written it down. It's here. He went, you're counting that, are you? <laughs> it was that bad again. Wow. He said, I, he said, I thought that was a deflection. So I'm claiming it. He said, yeah, probably. But he said, how much are you doing? I said, I've got to do 500 words, including teams, which isn't easy. You've got to cram it all in. He went, I'm doing 1,400 on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, when a manager comes out and says, Charlie, in the chocolate factory, great, that's 800 words. Yes, it is. Yes, I it is. Loads on that. If you're any good at your job, that's exactly yeah. what you, you've been given a, a, an absolute goal there. Yeah. You know, I, I, you don't understand lads lapping it up, but also it's just pure deflection, which is quite clever. There is, of course, um, at least one other um, great, great, great English manager whose name came up in our pre-show chit-chat about what we might mention. And his name is Dave Bassett. And you apparently have a Dave Bassett story. I don't know. Uh, Cam said you might want to save it till later. I mean, we've got like something like five or so minutes left. Do you want to hang on to that one for a later date? Or? No, I'll do it now. I'll do it now because I haven't used it for so long. Um, I really like Dave Bassett. So basically, I used to work in exhibitions. I'm sorry, I know it's just going through my CV these days. Um, I used to work in exhibitions and um, he, uh, I was working on a plumber show. Uh, in Birmingham and because it was plumbers and all sorts of the you know the, the organizers thought like you know let's just get like some football people in like Pat Murphy was there uh, and Dave Bassett was there one day as well and I thought well and um what's his, oh, what's his name Steve Claridge came on that day as well and so I thought I'm gonna say hello to Dave Bassett so I walked over to him and um I said uh Dave and I nice to meet you, mate my Liverpool fan I said you had some good results at our place didn't you and he went through them forensically <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> He knew every, always with a smile on his face. And um, what we didn't realise is just behind him, Pat Moves, so please welcome everyone, Dave Bassett. And like, he was just still talking about how when Wimbledon beat us 2-1 in 1987, <laughs> he completely missed this cue. <laughs> completely missed it. Just because he was too busy reminiscing about football. And I really like him for that. It's like, so, yeah, some, some bloke I don't know is talking about old football matches because that's what I like doing as well. But hang on, you got the impression it was properly genuine. Like it, that, that actually meant a lot to him to be able to go through those games. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it, it, it always struck me as a comparatively genuine sort as well. Now, whether or not he'd be my cup of tea in real life, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting one. I like that. And 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 Cam, I don't know. Did you see during the week? Because it's directly related to this. And I, I, if you didn't, we'll 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 refer back to to Carl on it. But. A certain group of um, broadcasters um, during the week in what can only be described as some mild or maybe extreme xenophobia talking about how uh, they couldn't be arsed to pronounce fellas' names correctly. Oh, uh, did, wait, Adrian Durham here. Have, have you seen this, Cam? What do you think no, of this? No, no. Um, it, it was a Carl who mentioned that, not me. Oh. I don't listen to talk show. Um, well, no, I did. The clip was posted on Twitter several times, so I oh, saw right. it. Uh, as a result, I, I, that's, I, I get exposed to that. Um, it, it, it was just kind of symptomatic of this thing that's seeping in across across the country, it seems, where, you know... Racism. It, it, Taking, they're taking back control of their fucking racism, you know. What I mean? Yeah, and it's just look, an awful lot of people. And I did see one or two well-made points. It's like, yeah, but how far do you go? I mean, you you'll do your version of what that. For example, we will all say Jan Mulby, right? But that's because Jan Mulby says Jan Mulby. Yeah. In 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 reality, and I said this in the very first interview I did on a two-hour special way, way, way back when, two years ago. I said, look, I remember. Irish commentator George Hamilton used to make a big fuss about getting names correct. And he used to go out of his way to refer to him every time he touched the ball as Jan Mulbu, 
which is apparently how you say it properly. And yeah, I cause, said because because Bromby's Brombo, isn't it? Yeah. The, 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 so why I, is New, yeah. So I said this to Jan, and Jan fair play went, ah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, yeah, Trev, fuck that. Like it's, you know, he says it's it, that's uh, I call myself Jan Malby now, so it's Jan Malby, and I'm a big fan of that. I'll go whatever people call themselves. So it's just it was the same with Sammy Huppier, because yes. it's not actually Huppier, is it? Huppier, yeah. Or is it? Yeah. I don't know. Emre Chan's another one, and then uh, our own Na- Nabi Kaita or Kaita. Yeah. What is but it? The, the, the point is, are, le- are you at least making an effort? That's the point. I think it's when people just cannot be fucking arsed. And w- th- what was offensive about this, uh, Carl, and correct me if I'm wrong, for me was that they were sort of saying, yeah, I'm coming over here with the foreign names, I can't be arsed. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it, yeah. How, that's how the people, problem. How do people in Barcelona name their stand, name their ground correctly? That's right. It, it's not the camp now, it's a new camp. That's yeah. the, That was a direct quote, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which is, so, which is I mean, why I, re- I really like um, Gab Marcotti for that, because he always uh, goes full out on the pronunciations. Because you know, he does it just to amuse people. Like uh, I like the fact that um, he says Roberto Martinez, I like that. And uh, but I also like the fact that when he's doing well, Paul Lambert became Paul Lambert. I like things <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, yeah. like Marcotti. I think he's really good. He is solid. He is solid. To it's, be like my, it's like my first name. Nobody can pronounce my first name properly because of the way my dad did the spelling on my birth certificate. So it, I assume it comes an abbreviation. Oh yeah, yeah. So my 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 first name is is Kamaldi. but the way okay. my dad's. But the way my dad has written it, 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 it's. I'm not going to say it because I'm just going to embarrass myself. Uh, but it, it, it comes out completely different, and it's embarrassing to hear because that's it's it's, it's it is as it's written. And so you sat there in a in the in the doctor's surgery or in the hospital, and and, the, and you're you're saying, please don't say, it. please don't say. It. Oh God, they said it. You know why can't they just say the surname? And even the even my surname, the people say wrong. It you know people struggle to say branch. A lot of people don't see the eye and they say branch. Yeah. But 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 what you, you're telling us is that your dad deliberately sabotaged your name by spelling it in a way that doesn't jive with English too well. Is that what you're saying? Um, I wouldn't like say he it, deliberately sabotaged it. Uh, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> but so 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 the pronunciation of your of the full version of your name is Kamaldi, is it? Kamaldi. Yeah. Come with the, okay, right, 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 right. Oh, that's 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 good. There's a little bit of knowledge for the folks who listen that didn't know before. A little bit of personal knowledge there. Um, I'm gonna introduce you as uh, the Branch from now on. Oh, by, by, by the way, the, if the woman who I spoke to on the phone yesterday um, is listening, um, my name is Carl, not Powell. So, okay, Powell, I'll call you back. Powell. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell do you have a pal from? That's very 70s America, isn't it? What yeah. That's, yeah. Maybe, she, she was thinking of the, maybe she's confusing you with Carl Powell. The, uh, was there a footballer? Carl Powell. No. Probably. But I bet it was Carl with a, bet it was Carl with a C, though. Bet it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Those guys don't know what they're doing with yeah. their C's. <laughs> with the, with, the, with the, their anglicised names. <laughs> anglicised okay. wall names. There are there are loads of things that I wanted to get to. I still haven't gotten around to Morgan Freeman and the bees, but we'll get there. Oh, we should, we should start finishing up. We should start finishing up. It's it's a it's a good story, and I, I, we just keep running out of time. Uh, we should start finishing it up. So, Carl, finish this out for with your thoughts for the end of the show, please. Um, I'd like to say I do this thing about uh, I'm starting to do recommendations. Uh, the things that I, and I've been having to think about this because there's a billion things I'm into. Um, but today I've been thinking about um, Philip Larkin. So, yes, I'm going to be talking about poetry for the next 30 seconds. Philip Larkin was a um, a poet who died in about 85, I want to say, something like that. Um, fuck you and, up, mum and dad. That's Larkin, right? Yeah, they had this be the verse. Yeah, they fuck you up, your mum and dad. And also, uh, sexual, sexual intercourse began for me the year of the Beatles' uh, first LP, that all that one. And um, incredibly, he's, he's an absolutely rank human being. I've got to say that. Just the worst type of racist Henry Ford sort of prick. I'm glad, um, you, I'm glad you said he that. Really was. But his poetry is, is quite miserable. He once said that deprivation is for me what daffodils were for Wordsworth. 
And uh, I recommend anyone to read the collection called The Whitworth Weddings. And if poetry is not your thing, this might just be because it's not sort of, you know, heavy Tennyson or, you know, or, or John Donner or anything like that. It's um, it's just incredibly bleak. accessible. Yeah, it's, 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 bleak, it's, it's, it's not all bleak because it's love stuff really nice. Like Anna Rundle to him is just beautiful. What will survive versus love? It's just brilliant. So, yeah, I think this will be the first time on a, pog, a football podcast that a poetry recommendation has ever been made. Yeah, yeah, and a, and a qualified one, because bear in mind, we're not saying that Larkin's a lovely fella. It's just uh, he wrote some good oh, work. The, just the worst racist prick in the world. It, it, it's, it's, it's a classic. It's a classic. One of my staple arguments, separate the art from the artist. you got to do it. I like that. Uh, we'll move to Cam's. Well, well, before I do that, can I just oh. put this in? in in the questions, if any answer, any people people want to answer this on, uh, on Twitter um, or Instagram, uh, Michael Jackson, does it make Billie Jean a bad song? That, uh, as as per my point there, yes. Yeah, yeah. That, I, 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 that's a topic for another day. I like that one. I like yeah. that one. Uh, uh, Cam finishes out with your um, uh, Buddha branch quote <laughs> of the week. It's not a quote, it's just uh, my usual nonsense that I've just started doing lately. Alliteration. Noun. The occurrence of the same letter or sound at the beginning of adjacent or closely connected words. You can't just leave that hanging there. Why have you given us a definition of alliteration? Because I just felt like the the good public should know. For no reason. Do you know what it's called? when there's a rhyme in the middle of a word but not at the end between no. two words assonance that's called travel know this because you teach english yeah assonance is is uh rhyme between vowel sounds yeah but, I, but, I, but, I i failed my own level english card so did i do you want to give a message to the good people about failing all <laughs> yeah, being kind of pricks. There you go. Yeah. That's the message. Those tweets. Don't worry about it. I turned out to be really successful. Fuck off. Yeah. On that highly upbeat note. <laughs> <laughs> on, that bomb, on that bombshell. Let's finish this episode of the Anfield Index podcast. Um, the lads were. Uh, on their usual high form tonight. Guy has been uh, very helpful in the background with his um, kit suggestion when the lads went a bit mental there, Kappa discussion and all the rest of it. Guy comes out with Sondico. Uh, wow. But anyway, it's been a... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank you as ever for listening. I want to ask you as ever to support us and spread the word. And uh, we will see you next week. I've been Trev Downey. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Sports Social Podcast Network.